Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, July 31st, 529 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down 10 and three quarters at 519 and a half. November soybeans down 25 cents at 1357 and a half. We had some ugly gaps uh, lower on the row crop charts last night. December Chicago wheat down 17 at 711. December Kansas City wheat down 11 and a quarter at 858. December spring wheat down 12 and a quarter at 894 and three quarters. Why don't we start off with the weather this morning, Mackenzie? So weekend rains fell over northern Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. Early this morning, rain moved over Nebraska and also the Montana-North Dakota border. The forecast is wetter this morning compared to yesterday afternoon. The 10-day Euro and GFS maps offer better rain chances for Iowa, Minnesota, and the U.S. Plains. Heat will be less of a factor this week. Areas west of the Mississippi will continue to see slightly above normal temperatures, while areas to the east will run below normal. So this forecast, I did my pre-open weather update last night. I taped it about 5 p.m. Central. This forecast shifted wetter for um, for Iowa and for Minnesota in particular, just in that model run after that. So these, these forecasts can change uh, quickly. I think the market views this as a non-threatening forecast as we get ready to kick off August. Uh, last week, they were talking a bunch of heat for this week, and I'm not seeing that in the forecast. It's going to be more of a mixed bag. I mean, some places, especially the Southern Plains, will be hot. Um, you look at the 6 to 10, 8 to 14, I mean, there's nothing threatening here. Uh, perhaps above normal precipitation, perhaps some below normal temperatures in both time frames. So this is part of the reason I think the weather, and, and I don't see it as being super bearish necessarily, but there's enough rain in enough places, I guess, in that shift um, just, just, yesterday um, uh, evening uh, brought some more rain into the Corn Belt. So it's not everywhere, but it's a lot of areas of the Western Corn Belt in particular, where the Eastern Corn Belt may be a little bit drier. So I guess I guess that's the idea here, kind of non-threatening to uh, start off. Early on Sunday, Russia downed three Ukrainian drones targeting Moscow. No injuries were reported with this attack. However, there were a couple office buildings that were damaged. This is the second strike on Moscow in the past week and the fourth strike this month, highlighting the Kremlin's weaknesses. Meanwhile, Ukraine continues to deal with a bombardment of Russian drones. The country reported shooting down eight Russian drones uh, on Saturday night. According to Russian President Vladimir Putin, Moscow is ready to begin peace talks. However, Kiev is willing to negotiate an end to the conflict. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any end to the conflict, but um, I think the the general idea here as it relates to the grain markets is that, okay, they're still fighting, you know, same story, different day, but there's nothing new in regard to uh, grain terminals, grain facilities, uh, alternate export routes. If uh, Russia decides that they're going to hit the rail system out of Europe or they're going to continue the attacks on the river, I think that would be bullish. The wheat market uh, Friday was an interesting day. I don't know if you guys watched the market intraday on Friday, but there were some uh, new like missile attacks and stuff during the trading day Friday um, at like I, it might have been 1030 a.m. Central time around then. And uh, corn futures rallied back, traded higher on the day for a second. Wheat did the same thing and then they sold off again. So it seems like it, at least for the moment. 
like without this Black Sea headline. I think the Black Sea was was the big driver of price action last week, both up and down. Without a bullish Black Sea headline, these uh, feed grain markets have really struggled. Uh, some additional news coming out of Russia. Putin claims Russian companies will receive higher profits thanks to Moscow's withdrawal from the Black Sea grain deal. He believes this is possible due to the recent increase in grain prices. Global wheat prices have shot up 9% since Russia exited the deal here two weeks ago today. Russia uh, plans to share their extra profits with the world's poorest countries through free delivery of its grain. Last week, Putin told African leaders that Moscow is able to replace Ukrainian grain exports to Africa, and the country is also planning to donate tens of thousands of grain to six African countries in the coming months. This is probably posturing more than anything. Putin's right. trying to make himself sound like the good guy here. He's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna come to the rescue. Um, yeah. I don't know. They they still want back in the SWIFT system, and they're not gonna get back into the SWIFT system. I don't think so. Um, I thought I saw another headline uh, indicating that Putin said that Russian grain would not be settled in in Russian currency, which I think is something new. I don't know if that's gonna impact very much, but uh, I'd see this as more of all of this Russia stuff. If if anything, it's kind of just. The Russia-Ukraine stuff to start the week is is a non-story and, and therefore, I guess, bearish because we built in some war premium the first part of last week. Now we're giving it back. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together with Paul on Friday? Paul Niefer, celebrity guest of the Farm CPA. So we talked about the economy, but we talked about specifically the differences between the economy, like the stuff I talk about on here sometimes, and the farm economy, because they can be drastically different and sometimes actually totally inverted in in terms of their correlation. Like oftentimes for you guys, if you're, say, a corn and soybean grower, the economy for you may be the best when the economy for Joe Public living in the city or the suburbs might be uh, not so good. Um, There's kind of an inverse correlation there. We talked about interest rates, talked about real estate, um, a whole bunch of stuff, farmland values. Uh, I had another video last week. If you guys are uh, inexperienced when it comes to options, I think this would be a really good video for you to watch. Which option should I buy? Keep it simple. I feel like options get a bad rap because um, people in the industry have made them overly complicated. There's the strategies are overly complicated. I think a lot of times farmers are, are sold option ideas that they don't necessarily understand. My approach, generally speaking, is to keep it as simple as possible. I laid out what I believe is, is the best and most simple approach. I'm, I'm very much a fan of like the, the keep it simple, stupid type, uh, mentality. You know, if you guys want to see the premium stuff, sign up today, go to standardgrain.com. This is a $50 per month subscription. It takes you like one minute to sign up. You can do it on your phone or computer with your credit card. Uh, nobody will try to sell you anything else. Cancel at any time. Uh, sign up this morning. I'll send you over those videos, guys. USDA reported multiple flash sales <clears throat> of U.S. soybeans on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 15 million bushels of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the next marketing year. Uh, they also sold 6 million bushels of soybeans to Mexico for delivery during the next marketing year. And finally, they sold uh, 12 million bushels of soybeans to China for delivery during the next marketing year.
That's a good day of sales, and I've been told that I've been bad-mouthing uh, demand here. I won't bad-mouth it today. We did uh, 909000 total. That's 33.5 million bushels. So through last week's export sales report, um, the new crop book of sales was off 63% versus last year, uh, 9.5 million metric ton deficit. So we'll cut into that a little bit, but you got to keep in mind, we need to be doing this sort of business just to kind of keep up with what would be normal. China and other buyers are still going to buy some soybeans from the United States. I think the idea right now is that they'll probably be reduced. But, you know, guess what? We've got another South American growing season coming up. And if they run into a weather problem, then all bets are off and, and export demand could improve. And the soybean situation could become incredibly tight. So, um, yeah, it's it's good to see sales. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some more this week. Large money managers are net long the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday. During the week ending July 25th, the funds were net buyers of 71,000 contracts of corn. They were net buyers of 17,000 contracts of soybeans. And they were also net buyers of 15,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. Okay, so these numbers are all old news by now. Yeah. Uh, private groups and the uh, news wires, you know, they put out uh, estimates in regard to the funds on a daily basis. The estimate as of Friday's close is that the funds were probably flat the corn market. They probably sold about 25,000 in net Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week. They probably sold another, maybe sold like 10,000 in soybeans Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, probably sold 20,000 SRW wheat. So to start off the week with corn futures down 10 cents, Funds are probably flat to net short the corn market in real time. Still probably long about 100,000 contracts of soybeans. Net short maybe, I don't know, call it 60,000 contracts of SRW wheat. Those are just estimates. A lot of times they're wrong, but that's kind of what the trade is working with right now. The funds uh, bought a bunch of corn. They went net long for a second um, on this uh on these Black Sea headlines, and now they're probably back short in real time. Uh, what did cattle do last week? Uh, so on Friday, cattle futures didn't see a lot of movement. Feeders were up an average of 77 cents on the day. Live cattle future, live cattle futures, they were narrowly mixed, ranging from 12 cents lower to 25 cents higher. Cash cattle trade was extremely light last week. Uh, there were a few sales reported in the South at 180, which was steady with last week, and a few sales up here in Nebraska and the West Western Corn Belt at 188, which was also steady with last week. Box beef prices saw very little change last week. Choice box beef closed Friday at 302 even. That was down a buck 46 for the week. Select closed Friday at 277.54. That was up 81 cents for the week. U.S. dollars about flat this morning. Uh, the S&P's up three points. The Dow's up 40. I believe Friday's close in the S&P was the best of the calendar year. It was very close to it. Uh, bonds are off a little bit. Gold's down five bucks. Crude oil up 74 cents at 81.32 in September WTI. Uh, crude oil's been a little bit stronger here as of late. Everybody have a great day today. Uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday.